I'm probably cussing because I'm high or because I'm not high. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. talking like that i don't know spell like mine please relax yourself <laughs> jesus christ hello it's still july i know when it's hot and it's still fucking cancer season bro it feels like it it does it does I'm, it I'm does feeling the everything is emotional everything is stressful everything is over the top it's too much we mm. need to relax not that leo season is going to be any better it's just going to be loud and sad oh god and stressful and overwhelming i'm a high until september when things make sense again <laughs> like why why our sign only got to come up every few months like why don't they have a solid chunk of earth signs we just gotta like have a little bit of like frenzy thrown in there yeah just a little i think the word you're looking for is fuckery yeah fuckery fuckery mm, I'm, whatever anyway hey y'all this is episode two of season five of that black couple and again go grab some water mm. So Grab important. some water, throw a little liquid IV in there to get some extra electrolytes and vitamins so you don't be looking like I've been looking all week, limping around with a swollen ankle. What happened? Heat happened. Why am I so... You're, you're almost back. You're almost back, though. Why does my body not respond like it did when I was in my 20s? It's tired. It's been through a lot. Do you know I used to walk all up and down Disneyland, going to meetings, meetings for work, walking 95 degrees in my dress clothes at work mm-hmm. and now i can't even go to a soccer game you can't even sit at a soccer i can't game. sit and drink lemonade at a soccer game <laughs> without being injured for a week man that's not right anyway i'm sorry y'all i'm just a little triggered have a seat this is that black couple i'm jen i'm darren and before we get started please make sure you follow us on the broken twitter instagram at that bok couple on facebook at that black couple and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com ain't we on threads too oh yes and threads what are we on threads same thing that be okay couple that be okay couple because zuckerberg owns both facebook and instagram because meta is a monopoly and soon there'll be no musk because everything will be facebook yay yay ai (laughs) now transitioning out of that you could obviously stream our episodes anywhere podcast episodes are streams so that means apple Podcasts. it means spotify google Podcasts, amazon music audible stitcher soundcloud pandora all those places. Every week I ask if people still have Pandora, and I was just about to ask it again. I know, because it's shocking that it still exists, but That's it wild really still exists. Anyway. We okay. should, I should I should see if my Pandora account is still active. And see. I know mine is, because it's on my phone, and I turned it on, and I was like, whoa. Whoa. It's embarrassing. We should try, you know, it might, it might suggest some new stuff. I'm good. 
You good? You sure? I'm good. The algorithm got me from Jen from 2009. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> a different person. <laughs> oh, and of course, not to be forgotten. Um, all y'all, you gotta subscribe on Patreon, please. You, you know that's where we put the extra stuff. That's where we could put, you know, the little extra stank bonus on episodes. Top. Um, also, sometimes we we release stuff there a little bit earlier than we, we do. do to the public. So if you want to be on the, in the end, if you want to be in the know, giveaways, special talks. Yes. Yeah. That's that's where you need to be. Be on Patreon. Also support our work. That's how I mean. This is mostly funded through us, and the other ways that we are funded is through our listeners. So we appreciate y'all for all the support so far, and we would love to have more. Thank you. Patreon.com, y'all. Hey. Let's go. Okay. So what's the name of this episode, Darren? The name of this episode is Navigating Disability and Gender Policing. Because this is Disability Pride Month. Yes, it is. And and, and I was listening to, okay, so we talked about Disability Pride Month a while ago, and I was doing some research and reading about how people are a little disappointed that, you know, people have so much excitement about Pride Month in June, and there's so much fanfare and, and all these corporations get involved, and then Disability Pride Month happens in July, and it's like crickets. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot happening. There's not a lot of emphasis on what disability means across multiple communities and the ways that disability intersects in so many ways with other forms of marginalization. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Yes. And it is important that, that we do spotlight, you know, all of the different communities, right? Right. You know, not to take anything away from Pride Month, but Pride Month, you know, right now it's sexy. Right? Yeah. It's really sexy to be involved in, to be in rainbows the on everything. To be conscious. You know, it's because, you know, on honestly, from a corporate point of view, it's it's a way to get your money. Sure. But right, also from a more societal point of view, it's it's something that is is in the realm of being much more acceptable, but also kind of edgy. Right. right? And there's not as much stigma associated with being gay at this point because right. so many, you know, white men who are wealthy are also gay. And yeah. people are like, oh, I can relate to that. A, and, a cis white man is gay. Cool. And that's why we have all of that emphasis. Right. right. But but disability right now, the very concept of disability is something I think in a general sense that we still kind of want to tuck away and hide. Especially disabilities that are not physically embodied that right. people feel like they cannot see in air quotes. I, I think it, it makes people feel uncomfortable. Yes. Um, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, people don't know how to approach. Yeah. And so they would rather just not. I think the other part of this, right, is that. When I think about Pride Month, I also think about how it started, right? When we think about the fact that Pride started exactly a year after folks like Marsha P. Johnson and uh, Stormy De La Vare, right, and Sylvia Rivera were literally fighting for their lives in front of Stonewall Inn, right? Like this happened because there was so many black, brown, trans, disabled, houseless immigrant people who were being surveilled and policed in New York City. And a lot of them understood themselves not only as queer or as trans, but also as disabled. Marsha mm-hmm. P. Johnson was disabled, right? These are people who are disabled. So I think it's really interesting now that when we think about pride, so much of pride has been co-opted by these very able-bodied, cisgender, you know, middle-class, white males who, for the most part, got to sit out of Stonewall, mm-hmm. who had been seeing what was happening to black trans women to brown trans women to queer folks who were who were being put out of their families this was still this was during the AIDS crisis as well right this was also a time when people were seeing their children right um you know diagnosed with HIV AIDS and then they were dead 
right? Yeah. This was a time where folks' fear of queerness was also associated with this disease that they had no knowledge of, they didn't understand, and they just associated it with being gay. So the, the stigma was, was a kind of a generational and, and a national stigma, right? right. And that is also how we talk about how we can think about disability, right? These are people who were who were sick, right? These are people who were sick and needed community and support and family and were put out on the streets instead, right? But it's so weird that people don't think of any of this stuff that way to me. It's just so strange. Well, I, I think I think it's much easier for people to ignore disability or to say, oh, well, there's laws in place and there's there's ramps to get into buildings and the, you know mm-hmm. and, and there's parking spaces like I, I think when people think about disability they think about institutionalized you know kind of recognized disability in yeah. that way they don't think about the day-to-day things that people go through they don't think about the different forms that disability takes whether it's it's something you know very physical if, if it's something that's internal to your body mm-hmm. if it's something that affects your eyesight if it's mm-hmm. something that affects you um, in, in your mental capacity, like right. there's so many things that people don't put under the umbrella, at least in their own minds, that you know. I think when they think about disability pride, they're like, okay, so right, this is pride of, of wheelchairs. And right, I'm like, it's it's so short sighted. Right, HIV is essentially a chronic disease. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a chronic infection. It's so strange to me that people. I mean, I, whatever, <laughs> it stresses me out. But I'm glad that we're talking about it today because I think that people across disability communities have said like, hey. <laughs> Y'all suck, (laughs) you know, like we need to have this conversation. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash other combos media. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. And we're back. And we are back. And it's time for the conversation. It's time for the conversation. And we're talking about policing. Oh, God. I'm happy, though, because when we say policing, people automatically think about police, and I think that we're going to expand that conversation to understand how policing is beyond police. Oh, we're going to expand it, and I think actually the focus is much more on on people outside civic of a, policing. you know formalized policing body C- yeah citizen citizen policing yes okay mm-hmm. so let's do it let's, let's talk about it. it so when when i think about disability policing yeah what comes to mind for me is the idea that you might have a disability mm-hmm. and it might affect you in some type of way mm-hmm. and someone doesn't understand it or someone wants to rein it in, or in some cases, someone thinks it's unfair mm-hmm. that you get a special accommodation that someone else doesn't, mm-hmm. right? And and someone then inserts themselves, you know, very much in a, I guess, Karen-esque sort of way mm-hmm. <laughs> to police whatever that behavior is, mm-hmm. right? And I think, I think in what's, what I would argue is probably the most recognizable form, form of that. And, you know, I talked about, you know, you know parking spaces, right? Mm-hmm. It's when people say, I'm just going to put my car in that, in that space, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't want to walk, walk the extra five feet mm-hmm. or that's an inconvenience to me or it's open. So it's mm-hmm. perfectly fine for me to, you know, sit my car in there mm-hmm. for the next 10 minutes while I run in the store. Right. Mm-hmm. It really just does not leave space for the people who really need yeah. that space. Right. It's, yeah. it's basically taking up 
the space that's supposed to be held for those with with disabilities. Yeah. The other one that comes to mind for me is, you know, you're a professor mm-hmm. and students get accommodations. Mm-hmm. They get accommodations for, for their testing or for the work that they're doing, right? And there's there's this it's this this feeling of things not being fair. Mm-hmm. It's this feeling of like, why do they get something extra that I don't? Mm-hmm. Right. And the whole point of accommodations is that some, you are already at an advantage mm-hmm. compared to someone else because of the disability that they carry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so the whole point of an accommodation is to allow them some extra space or extra care mm-hmm. to more or less put you on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but and, and this kind of concept goes, you know, like I think you know that we're going to talk about race and gender and all those things. But I feel like it elevates to that type of a conversation because mm-hmm. there's always this belief I think of of whatever the majority is mm-hmm. or the, or the unaggrieved mm-hmm. that feels like whoever the aggrieved or, or the, the marginalized is gets something special that they don't. And that's not fair. Yeah. Right. And so then people feel the need or feel the urge or feel in some cases, the right or even the responsibility to step in oh, sure. and draw attention yeah. to this unfair system sure. that's, that that's leaving them behind or making sure. things harder for them. Sure. Right. And to me, that that is the very concept of policing. Yeah. And I think with disability, it shows up in very sinister ways mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the very concept of disability is really something, you know, number one's out of your control. Mm-hmm. In most cases, some sometimes it's biological, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's it's mental, mental. It's something, you know, within your your body, like there's not anything you can really do to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so for someone to police that mm-hmm. and then at the same time kind of say, well, you're getting that, that's something that, that I should get, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. it, The very concept of it is so sinister. I, I It just really boils my blood. <laughs> it boils your blood because you're a disabled person, right? What? Like I think that both of us navigate our bodies in ways that are different because like you understand you've, you've had physical injuries and you've been incapacitated. You've navigated, you know, aging right and the things that happen to your body as you age where you're like oh i gotta take care of these things now and that things don't work the way that they used to right so it gives you a different perspective well but it's also i've cared for for you someone with a disability right right? and i feel like it's the same thing when people talk about like oh i understand race now because i have a black friend right? right it's like the idea of I can't understand that until I have a personal tie or personal right. experience to it, right. which to me really flies in the face of what the very idea of humanity is. Right. So it's so inhumane for people to say, well, I don't, I can't get it because right. know, I haven't had that experience. But here's the thing, right? I think what's interesting about policing is that our policies and systems are not, people always think that things being systemic means that it started with the system, but actually it starts with the people because mm. the people are the ones who create the systems, right? So the, what you're describing, like the stigma and all this stuff comes from a place of disbelief, right? Because able-bodied people don't believe disabled people, just like cisgender people don't believe trans people, right? Just like straight people don't believe queer people, right? There is this kind of enduring disbelief. You're making it up. You're making it up because you want to game the system because you're a freeloader. You're a free rider. You want to extract from the system in ways that I can't. That's how you're going to get ahead of me. Because we live in a society that is capitalistic and that says that everything that we do is about rational choice and rational interest. And so if I petition the government for my own grievances, it's not just so that I can have a, a healthy and safe life and survive. It's so that I can get more of the pie. 
mm-hmm. right? And this, when we could extrapolate this to conversations on attacks on CRT, this recent or this recent banning of affirmative action, right? Even though we have generations of racial slavery in this country, the idea that now we would say you don't need affirmative action, everything's fine, that is incredibly, incredibly cruel. Mm-hmm. Incredibly cruel. The fact that they, they offered GI programs to let folks get homes. And as soon as black people started getting them, they said, yeah, no, we need, to, we need to stop this. Right? It's like when we're talking about disability, we have to also talk about race. We have to also talk about gender. Right? We have to also talk about all of these ways that this, the system is created and recreated and transformed each generation, right, to further support people who benefit the most from it as as it is mm-hmm. right they don't want to make it more accessible that doesn't help cisgender able-bodied middle-class white heterosexual men right it doesn't help them to ensure that there are ramps right that's extra money that's taxpayer dollars right we should just learn how to walk right <laughs> like why why should why should i have closer parking i should just go to another store you know, like that's that's how people genuinely feel. Yeah. And when I think about this idea and the reason why I want to talk about gender as well is because I navigate disability in a gendered body. Right. I would navigate disability in a body that people read as 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 female, as feminine. And I am a trans person. I'm a person who is a gender. I'm a person who is gender non-binary. And the ways that people, you know, police my panic attacks and my anxiety, you know, oh, you'll be fine. Oh, let's you just relax. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm literally like, I can't breathe. And they're like, no, oh, just one, two, three, breathe. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm walking around. I'm limping. I'm in pain. And they're like, Ooh, what's wrong? Oh, well I have this, you know, medical condition. And then it makes it really hard sometimes for my circulation. I'll, I'll explain the whole thing. And they're like, Ooh, girl, that sounds stressful. Meanwhile, I'm carrying my own bag on crutches and they don't offer to help with anything. Mm-hmm. You know, things that they would offer people because of their gender. If I were a white woman who was able-bodied, they'd offer to carry my bag. But I'm a black woman who dis- who's disabled on crutches. And they're like, you can carry your bag while you're on crutches. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's astounding to me. And I feel like I'm always in this, I'm in this body and I'm watching it happen to me. And I'm always, I'm always shocked. I'm always shocked because I, I, it, there's something about being black where you just, you seem, you seem well, you seem muscular, you seem strong. And then as a black woman, that's somehow, that's somehow increased tenfold. You can do anything. Well, it, it, honestly, it, this is very strange, but it reminds me of what, again, what's happening in Florida. Yeah. Where they're changing the educational standards to teach kids that slavery taught people valuable How lessons and skills. Yeah. Like, it's, it, like it, it makes, was a trade program. Like, it's really weird that that stuff is happening, but it, in a sad way, it makes sense, right? With exactly what you just talked about. Yeah. Of, of course. Well, people feel like, oh, you're stronger or you're more yes. capable or you're, you know, you're more resilient. We're not allowed right? to be disabled. We're not allowed to be right. disabled because we're not prescribed the prescriptions that we need or, or we're over prescribed prescriptions that just dull us. I was on a medication for five years. And at one point I was like, man, I don't feel anything. I can't cry. I can't, I'm not laughing. I don't experience any joy. And I had to get off the prescription and realize, oh shit, I was taking this antidepressant yep. and it was, I wasn't depressed because I wasn't feeling anything, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, we're not allowed to, 
we're not allowed to be disabled because the idea is that that'll take away from our labor, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I just got comfortable explaining to my employer, hey, I can't do this because of my anxiety and because of the way it affects me. But I can do that now as a tenure track professor, but I could not do that in grad school. No. I couldn't do that in grad school. Because people would, would I tried. identify that as a weakness. That's a weakness. You're not committed. Right. You're not committed. If you were committed, then, then you could overcome whatever right. that, that obstacle was. I had men in there screaming at me, you know, and like I'm crying. Emotion, it's emotional abuse that you endure. And it's like, well, you'll be all right. And I'm like, this is killing me. <laughs> this is killing me. But a part of it is, you know, getting back to what you talked about is, you know, the system and people trying to game the system. Yeah. Right. Because to be honest, there is almost always someone that is trying to game the system. Sure. There is someone that's lying. There is someone sure. that's saying I'm disabled. When they don't actually believe, have the disability, but we believe right? people. That's what we do. But but and, but that's the problem, right? And and that's the shift that needs to happen. Is that universally or more unilaterally, we need to be believing people, right? Because the way the system is set up, right, is we will look at the one, right, and say that one person right. gamed the system, right. That therefore, I'm going to cast that on all of the people, right. right, right, right. And it's just this inductive thinking will be our downfall but even then right even then to me like whether or not people lie it has nothing to do with anything right whether or not folks are going through their own issues and navigating how they identify you know with their disability and all that stuff has nothing to do with anything right the world should be accessible mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of all of that the world should be accessible i should be able to go outside and i should be able to fit things i should be able to walk and get into buildings I should be able to use the bathroom when I'm in a building. There should be a bathroom accessible to me. I shouldn't have to limp up and down stairs or go through stairs, walk down a hallway, go up the next stairs, hit an elevator and then find a bathroom because back in the day, you know, we kept the women's gender separate. That's it's 2023 mm-hmm. as a disabled person. You have me doing what you want me to climb who you want me to go where, you know, like no conception for the fact that they'll be like, Oh, you look healthy. You look fit. Listen, I don't care how I look. I'm not finna go up them stairs. Where's the elevator? But that's that's where the policing comes in. Right. right? You just said it. You look. Why, why do you why get are to you judge? looking at me? Do, do, do you have x-ray but also, eyes? Why are you looking at me? Don't perceive me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what also gets me. And we're going to talk about that in the reflection, too. That's the shit right there. That's the shit right there. Right. Mm-hmm. This idea that by looking at your body, I have some right to tell you anything. You have no right to tell me a single fucking thing about me because you looked at my body because you gazed at me your gaze means nothing your gaze means fucking nothing you know what i'm saying and that to me is where we really i just i'm i'm always so confused as to why white people especially white men believe that their gaze is so powerful so powerful that they can look upon a perfect stranger and decide what is happening inside their body motherfucker your eyes are not an x-ray machine you are not a human mri what are we doing you can find my mom and dad aka that black couple on the web at thatblackcouple.com that black couple is owned and operated by color combos media if you would like to help fund our content sign up at www.patreon.com slash color combos video please consider giving us five or ten dollars per month Help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me/colorcombosmedia. 
ordination job. Okay, child. We're back. We're back. I'm I'm living. <laughs> right, Philly so. I'm still mad. Okay. This okay, this is the reflection. Can I start the reflection? Yes, because you've been wanting to reflect since, I have. Since I'm before mad about this. Started. I'm so, so angry. <laughs> so last night we were at our child's play, our children's play. They were playing the Lion King play. And um, you know, they were like, Don't take no pictures, don't take no videos and I was like, mm, we'll see. And I was around the room and hell these little white women had their phones out and was recording the whole thing. So I said, Oh, okay. It's like when you merge on the freeway and you follow the you follow the flow of traffic. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, I'm taking mine out. So of course, of course, I'm the one person who some white man, I'm pretty sure it was a white man who was running the show, walks up behind me. I didn't turn my head to look because I almost beat his ass. He turned I was behind I was there the show was starting and he like sees my phone and goes put your phone away while like poking in my shoulder like put your phone away i need you to put your phone away right now excuse me put your phone away and he's digging in my shoulder like poking in my shoulder and i didn't turn my back i kept laughing and giggling at the show i i turned my phone off i put it away i didn't say a word because i'm from oakland don't fucking touch me don't touch me don't fucking touch me what is wrong with people don't fucking touch me why are you touching my body First of all, second of all, I'm looking around like it's like seven, eight, nine, ten phones. I'm pointing at the phones. She got a phone. They got a phone. At one point, a flash went off in the show. Mm-hmm. Niggas was just taking pictures. You know what I'm saying? But the only person who got a finger in the shoulder was me. The only person who got a finger in the shoulder was me. And it made me so angry. Right. But then I thought about last weekend. I went to I went to a, a four diamond hotel resort with my partner and she is she dresses more masculinely than I do she's shorter she got shaved hair sides and she wears a little, little puff on the top but she's very clearly a woman <laughs> there's no question about it she's a woman yeah and and she, I'm 38 she don't look 20 but the whole time we're walking through this resort she's getting carted like carted carted and I've been in there with people who look much younger than her on many occasions They've never been carded. Not a single time has anyone else I've been in there with ever been carded. And I was like, what is this? And she was only being carded by the white men. And they wanted to make jokes about it. And one of them told me I looked old and that's why he didn't card me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. (laughs) And it was, it was all older white men. Like they all had like white hair, gray hair. They were older white men. Mm -hmm. The younger white men didn't give a fuck. The young black men didn't care. The young black women didn't, all the black women didn't care. The only people who harassed us and who policed our bodies were the older white men. And they had all these explanations. Oh, I'm so sorry. You just look really young, blah, 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 blah. And then they would start talking to me, talking about me and how I look. Oh, you play basketball. Why are you looking at us? You see what I'm saying? And it felt like there was some type of juxtaposition happening between her body and mine, my more feminine, blonde, tall, shapely body and her shorter, more masculine looking body where they look at me and they expect to see me with some heteronormative man. And when they look at me and then look over and they see this petite woman, she needs to get carded. Why would you card her and not me? It's it's very strange. It's so strange. And it's one of those things. I remember when, like in grocery stores, they started to say, we just carding everybody. Right. But because if you're carding, that's what you should be doing. You right. should be carding everybody. Right. And, but, and so it's very strange to have two people in front of you that are together. Yes. And you only card We're wearing one. matching Crocs. 
were dressed like someone's auntie. Like, what did they think could have been happening? I don't know. Like, it's so Meanwhile, I'm watching other black women who look very much younger than us, petite, young black women, walking right by. Then they don't say nothing. But they look, you know, typically like cis normative heterosexual black women. They're wearing longer hair. You know, they're wearing kind of what you would expect to see, you know, longer dresses, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. No carding. You see what I'm saying? And it just felt to me like one of those situations where the thing that was supposed to be getting policed was age. But what ended up being policed was gender and sexuality. Yes. And this is what frequently happens. And I was sitting there thinking about this guy digging his finger into my shoulder, right? Like he could have simply said, hey, ma'am, hey, we just want everybody's phones off. And I would have said, oh, okay. Do you see those two people or three people down there with their phones on? Are you going to ask them as well? I would have just asked him. Mm-hmm. But because he physically forcefully put his hand on my body, it felt like he was policing my body. Mm-hmm. He was going to force me to turn my phone off. He was going to physically police my body. And that's what it feels like every day when you're at these multiple intersections, be it disability, be it gender, be it race, be it sexuality, be it immigration status. You know, I have friends who have told me about how they have had to work on their accents and changing their names. Their name is a clearly Latinx name or Latin Latin name. And they change it to something that does not give off red flags mm-hmm. that does not draw attention for fear of policing and then they're even f- even more afraid if people find out oh I'm also disabled right it's like this, that's the thing that people hold closest to the chest because the last thing people need they want people to know is that oh my brain works differently from theirs you know what I'm saying and it's just it, it, it really frustrates me because we have to every day go out and prepare ourselves to encounter these these breaches of our personal space and it's like we have to just decide you know what i'm saying like what we're willing to what we're willing to like relinquish what what privacy it's to me it's the very concept of the other right that's what that's really kind of what you're speaking to is i'm here i'm in you know the norm and you're over there and you're the other whether it be that you're black or you're trans or you're disabled in some way or, you know, you whatever you are, my eyes are looking at you, policing you, and deciding that you don't fit with, with me over here. Yeah. And so because you don't fit, I don't understand you. Mm-hmm. You are you are the deviant. You are you are outside of the norm. You are you are something that needs to be policed and brought in, mm-hmm. or you are something that needs to be inspected to make sure that you're not you're right. not crossing some boundary. Right. And it it's we really do live in a time where I feel like that's all we're seeing in the news media. Correct. Is this so many different forms of policing trying to be enacted. Yeah. Because of fear of the other. Yeah. Right. And so like the whole, the whole thing of, of policing of drag queens to me is, oh my is, is the story of the year because I'm like, you're policing something that has never been, has never, there's never been a drag no queen crime, crime. There's never been like a spate of drag queen murders. Oh, like I've, homicidal I've never drag heard, queens. I mean, this could be something that happened, but I've, I've just never heard someone say, oh my God, when I was five year old, a, 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 a drag, queen drag queen read me a story and then I, I was infected with, with drag queenism <laughs> and I'm just now, Realizing. just now recovering. Like it's, I, this isn't like, this it's, isn't it's, real. It's obscene. It's not real. It's obscene. And I think it's also important to note how often, especially when the right talks about 
drag queens and gender and sexuality they co- equate it with mental disability they say oh right. you're sick something's wrong with you they use a c word you know they, they make it seem like you, you, there's something wrong with the way but, your brain works and that's then, why you're queer and that's then, why you're trans even even the idea even the idea that having a disability means right. something, if something is wrong, wrong with you, you that is that is that the crux of that the you're issue. broken, right? And it, transness was considered a psychiatric problem for most of this. this Queen, oh, sorry, was last century. Yes, being gay was right. We're just coming out of the of the actual generation, the actual century when those things were considered by the actual Association of Psychiatric. The 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 American Psychiatric Association considered those things to be disabilities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people were going to hospitals to try and recover from being trans. People were checking themselves into psychiatric wards to try not to be gay. But uh, and I mean this this is a whole other episode we're kind of treading into right yeah, now. But but the very idea that every disability is something that should be treated right right it's and correct it like it's, it's like we need uh, to not be it like, like like i get it right there are some things like i sure. broke my leg let's sure. heal your leg sure. while your leg is broken you sure. are disabled but if right? i have adhd bro i just that's just how that's how somebody's brain that's works that's just how you're made and that that's doesn't make how, it mean right. it wrong right it just means you function in a different right. way and and this is and this is why I'm, i just i get so concerned because i'm like we are really in a time where folks do not understand that difference can be perfectly okay. Difference. But I feel like this is when, when you when I think about when we were kids, right? And the whole thing was about diversity, diversity, right? The whole that was the whole thing they were trying to drill into people's sure. heads. Like difference is good. Sure. Let's celebrate difference. Sure. Difference we're actually not makes no things more. better. And I just feel like we're gone. We just we just fell backwards. We, we need just, to read some Audrey Lord. We we were climbing up that mountain and then we fell all the way yes. back down. Audrey Lord done told us, and when my book comes out, we need to read that. Please don't go ahead now. Yep. There you go. That's it right there. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> That's it. Because I I just it's just and I, I guess I'm just tired. I'm just tired of being screamed at by white men. I'm tired of being touched. I'm tired of being. I'm tired of of my physical body being approached. You know, I'm just tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of Western medicine. I'm tired of it. The way the doctors think it's okay to treat you, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, wow. Like, and that's, and that is why, that is why disability pride month is so important. It's so right? important. It's the same thing. Like we were talking about pride month, right? It was, it was a pushing back mm-hmm. against the violence, mm-hmm. right? That's why disability pride month is so important. We need to push back against that same type of violence. Yeah. But we, we need, people to give a shit though yeah thank y'all for listening before you go make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at that blk couple on facebook at that black couple and look us up on the internets at www.thatblackcouple.com bye